Hello. Hey, Tom. Sorry, I'm just making I'm I'm making sure I'm recording just in case. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm I'm, rec- I'm recording as well just also just to make sure. Yeah, cool. All right. Psst. Hey, Rob. This is yourself 24 hours after this was recorded. Your recording didn't take effect. You are so lucky right now that Tom said he was recording. Oh, you gotta love computers. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. Welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will start with Tim's origin and then make our way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. Hello, everyone. It's uh, Rob here from Everyone Loves the Drake. Uh, the first part that you're going to hear is a conversation with Tom Panarese and I. I had him on as a guest for Robin Everyone Loves the Drake as we were uh, talking about Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. And uh, we talked for about three hours. So uh, there was a lot of about said footage, a lot of audio to go through. And I must have gotten starstruck or just... Uh, engrossed in our conversation that I kind of got out of the format of the show that I normally like to do. And uh, I kind of looked at it as more of a movie project. Uh, A lot of filmmakers will go out and just start filming just a lot of different scenes, different footages, and they'll be all out of sequence. And then they go back into their editing rooms and then they put the movie into the order that they would would like to have it be shown. So that's kind of what I did with this podcast. Um, I found all the bits and pieces that kind of uh, made a coherent narrative. We kind of uh, talked about a couple different things. And as I was editing it, I thought I really had a good uh, opening to the show of Tom and I just talking. So uh, that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear the beginning of the show and uh, just Tom and I's discussion. This is the first chance I've had uh, the opportunity to talk to Tom and we just had a really good conversation and uh, I didn't get a chance to tell him this uh, while we were talking, but he was the uh, last push of uh, the kind words that he had as I was kind of uh, getting my you know feet wet in the podcasting community uh, to do this podcast. And I just wanted to say a big thank you to Tom. He had some really kind words that, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what I was wanting to do for the show. And he and I was saying, you know, well, I'm going to be talking about some things you've already kind of discussed and I didn't want to step on your, your toes. And he's like, no, you know, go for it. He's like, I like to hear uh, different people's takes, you know, on the same subject. And he talked about 
about uh, Hey Kids Comics were kind of doing the same thing he was at one point. And uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, Tom's uh, Taking Flight podcast, which you will uh, hear during our discussion that it had recently ended at the time we were putting this together. So I kind of asked him about uh, Taking Flight for a little bit, and we just kind of get in a good discussion uh, just about uh, comics. So um, without further ado, this is the uh, uh, first part of the uh, episode here of uh, my conversation with Tom Panarese, uh, followed by uh, Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. And welcome to the show. everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and this podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman, comma, and Robin, whom is celebrating 75 years this year. Can you believe it? Robin, the boy doesn't look a day over 13 or 10 or 16, I guess whatever era that uh, Robin is, but 75 years. I don't think it's going to be the hoopla that uh, Batman got. And of course, like I've said in previous episodes, that not only is Robin celebrating 75 years, but you have the Joker and Clayface and Mr. Freeze and Catwoman. So a whole horde of other DC Comics characters are celebrating 75. But of course, for this podcast, it's going to be all Robin all the time. Um, I do have a special guest with me this episode of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. This is issue, or issue, excuse me, this is episode 25. You get to talking about issues and episodes, and they just kind of blend in together. Uh, this is a series I've been looking forward to do. This is going to actually end phase two for me. We started with the origin of Tim Drake. I moved our way through the training of Tim Drake, and now we're kind of at that last stage right before nightfall hits. And this is kind of the issue or the mini-series of Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. I've always kind of looked at as the prelude or the prequel, if you will, if you have your Star Wars hat on, that this is kind of what the Robin series was going to end up being. So we'll kind of get in uh, to all that as the uh, show goes on. But my guest uh, today is uh, somebody that you have heard on the Batman universe 
And if you're a two true uh, Freaks listener, you have heard him as well. Um, he has a, I should say, had a podcast on the Batman universe that just recently ended. You've probably seen if you're clicking on it. The episode is called Robin Everyone Loves Taking Flight. That's right. Uh, tonight we will have Tom Panneris. Uh, joining us to talk about Robin 3, Cry of the Huntress. And this was something as Taking Flight was going on. I was like, okay, he's covered Robin 1. He's covered Robin 2. And wait, where is he going? So this was always in my list of... I've got to get Tom on here and uh, get him to talk about Robin 3. And then I got to thinking... Well, maybe he just didn't like it, and that's why he's not doing it, Rob. So this could be torture for him this evening. Tom, welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. How are you doing tonight, sir? Good. Thanks for having me on. This is this is going to be fun. Um, I never got around to this. I, I'm trying to remember why, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the series. I think it either didn't fit into what I was working on, or I actually just didn't have the issues and was too cheap or lazy to go and buy them. Um, luckily, I fished what I had out of a quarter bin, um, and and so yeah. So this is this is gonna be a pleasure. This is gonna be fun. I think I keep doing that to people I have on here because I end up making people end up spending money somehow. <laughs> like I didn't have it, but I picked it up or I downloaded it. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was making somebody I'm, do that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get at you for costing me a buck fifty. So <laughs> <laughs> the the check the check is in the mail, yeah, sir. A buck fifty well spent. Trust me. <laughs> That's right. And with postage now, it's going to cost me more than that to send it. So I've actually <laughs> increased it by a dollar. <laughs> Professor Allen is crying. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm, I'm flipping through one of these and I'm, because I have the individual, uh, I have the new, I have the newsstand okay. edition. Um, I used to have years ago, used to have the lenticular cover one and I'm looking at an American comics ad. <laughs> the, <laughs> Freaking uh, love these. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Uh, for a while, I was like, I'm not going to open the poly bags at all because they're going <laughs> to be worth something someday. And I was missing like issue three and five, mm-hmm. I think. And I bought three and five for the price of <laughs> the one. The one. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go ahead and open <laughs> these up. Yeah, I. Uh... Oh, God. Spider-Man number one was was still going for five dollars. Um, no, I I, uh, I bought the 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 when Robin two came out, I bought one of every cover. When, As did I. When this came out, it might have just been I didn't have the money to buy both the. I may I may have bought the newsstand. I know I bought the deluxe edition and I opened them up. And um, I think the only comic book that I never opened the poly bag from was Superman number 75 and then sold that in a lot on eBay years ago. And I sold all, all most of my Robin comics on eBay years ago and I've managed to pick up um, the two Robin trades from the very early nineties that had Robin, Robin two and the two 
the detective in the um, Batman storyline where he became Robin, and but this has never yeah. been collected. So no, um, a friend of mine just sent me a link from uh, Chuck Dixon. Uh, November fifteenth, Robin Volume One Reborn will collect Robin One, Robin Two, and Robin Three. Oh, cool! All right, I'm so. gonna because I would because like I said, I sold I sold my run on that, and I sold my run of Nightwing years ago, and um, the Nightwing stuff is being put back in he into trade as well um and i'm a little cheap when it comes to buying trades, so i might pick it up when i see it a little bit you know on a discount but yeah um if they're gonna start doing some of the the regular series too that'll be worth it maybe his relationship with dc has gotten a little bit better because i heard he was kind of on the outs with them yeah, I, I I didn't hear you know what it was. Um, it just it seemed like it was an abrupt leave, and then yeah. like nobody like spoke of it. Not that the internet he's, was around <laughs> back then, he, but but he's not you know in recent years anyway. He's not the only. Um, he's not even an old time creator, but he's not the only other older creator that they've ticked off. Because uh, I know like. Perez left and really doesn't want to work with them again. And mm-hmm. there might have been one or two others. He had come back for um, what was it? The first arc of the New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and I bought Superman mm-hmm. just for that. I was just like, oh. the art was beautiful, but the yeah. story was just horrid. I was I was gonna do it. I was gonna buy that actually, and then I read a review on the, probably the Superman homepage or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to pick this up. I'm not going to waste my money for what I understand. And I, I picked up Superman for a few issues when Dan Jurgens came back. Yeah. And once again, really great art. The story was halfway decent, but it just seemed like Mike Bailey actually just wrote a blog post about this, about oh, how, did he? yeah. Um, it was, it's on the fortress of Bailey too. It's within the last day or two. Cause it's about the, the new costume. Um, and it has to do with the fact that DC, one of the points he makes is that DC since it's infinite crisis has not know, known what to do about Superman. No. And, and it was, uh, it's a really, it's a long blog post, but it's Mike's great to begin with, but it's, it's really in depth and it's coming from somebody who clearly knows what he's talking about as mm-hmm. opposed to, I don't know. It's actually written better than what you would see on say, like, um, Newsarama or BuzzFeed or, oh. or something where somebody would post something and they're completely ignorant of you know the actual history of what's going on here. Um, I don't. You're probably at least a little bit in the know with the mm. convergence that's going on uh, right now. Yeah, I, I was really surprised looking through who's writing what that. You know, like you get a chance to relive your you know your favorite era of DC <laughs> Comics, and it's like. Why isn't Brian Q. Miller writing the Batgirl Stephanie Brown book? And why wasn't, you know, whomever, you know, yeah. writing writing some of these to give it a last I'm gonna pick up uh, a couple of these. And I've been one of the um supporters of the new 52 for a, a little a little bit of it. The stuff that uh, I've read I, I enjoy, but there's other stuff I was just yeah. like, ugh, I don't know. I, I've I've been supporter of the titles that I enjoyed. And the one thing I liked about the new 52 is that it did give me a way to jump onto a bunch of things clean. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately with the exception of Batgirl, every title 
that I've read has either been canceled or the creative team has changed. So like wonder woman, for instance, I mm. was, I had some problems with Azarello's run. I thought he was dragging the story out too yeah. long, but I really cliff Chang's art was phenomenal mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed the book. I didn't even pick up the new run with the, cause I just saw the solicits and I'm like, this just looks like a nineties image book. And yeah. that's not why I was reading wonder woman and uh Batwoman I dropped when Mark and Draco came on. Yeah. Um, Demon Knights got canceled. That that was surprisingly good. It was really good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed. Get it. into it to issue five. I mm-hmm. think is when somebody was like, "You've got to check this out." So it was fun. Yeah, it was so it was funny. It was it was quirky in some ways, but it was fun. That's a friend I, of mine said, and that's why it got canceled. Yeah, because it was fun. Well, and I and I I had been I had been reading Batgirl, and I stopped reading Batgirl with about issue zero. And I was listening to Stella painfully review that yeah. series. And then um, the buzz from her and from other people uh, surrounding issue 35 was getting there. And it hadn't come out yet. And uh, I put it back on my pull list. And I've been like really enjoying the series ever since. In fact, I just loaned 35 through 40 to a coworker because we were talking about comics at a party last weekend. And she was talking about, she's a big fan of fables and a couple of other things. I said, have you read the new Batgirl? And she was like, no. So I brought the issues in. And so I have not read them, but I have the, uh, most recent 38. I've been playing mm-hmm. a lot of catch up, uh, getting oh, yeah. through futures end and some other stuff and then doing this, yeah. but I've got a stack of Batgirl comics that I dropped after, uh, what was it? The wanted storyline mm-hmm. after she had killed or supposedly killed James and yes. that whole, and that's where I was like, I can't take the, you know, whining Barbara. It's like it, I, I was like, Gail, you, you're supposed to be tied to this character yeah. that's light and vibrant, and so uh, I almost didn't pick up 35. And a uh, guy at my comic shop said, I think this might that be was... the Batgirl that you were thinking you were going to get from the beginning. It's good. It's really good, and. Um... No, I have been buying Earth 2 and World's Finest and World's End and Future's End. So two of those I knew were ending. Yeah. I was actually glad to see World's End and Future End and only because it was costing me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was on that and Batman Eternal. I enjoyed Batman Eternal mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. The books that I uh, maintained were Batman and Robin, which I've that's been that's been my book for the new 52, I thought. Tomasi and Gleason have been knocking it out of the park from a character I could not I hated Damien I think just for yeah. the fact that he took away my favorite Robin screw you Grant Morrison <laughs> you know, that, that whole thing and then I was oh, yeah I started getting through part of it and I was like damn it I like this little bastard <laughs> yeah I am um, I think I might I might try to seek out one of the trades of Tomasi's Batman and Robin on the cheap just to see if I like it and then go back and collect it I will say because I haven't read I stopped reading Batman uh, more than a decade ago, it was probably around well, War Games or like right before War Games. It might have been like the, the Bruce Wayne fugitive murder. Oh yeah, story arcs. And I just, I think I was just. It, I don't think anything, one thing, did it for me. I think I just kind of looked at what I was reading and realized that I was buying Detective and Batman, especially Detective, 
out of obligation because I'd been buying it since 1990. Mm. And I was reading it, but it was like, you know, it was like one of those moments where like you have your pile of comics and there are certain comics that you read right away and there are certain comics you, you know, you read later. Right. And I would have two or three issues of Detective or Batman sitting on the shelf and I, you know, on my nightstand or whatever, and I'd finally get around to them. I'm like, why am I spending the money on this? So that's why I, I dropped it. Although I did read, I just, I, I read, uh, I just had a curiosity. I read Zero Year. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead, instead of going to my LCS, I just downloaded it. And that was really good. Yeah. I really thought that was done well. And that was, that was cinematic in a way that I think, um, should make Christopher Nolan jealous to be honest with you. Yeah. I thought that was, that was done really well. I kind of wish that was the kickoff, but I get, I understand why they started with the quarterly owls. You know, I liked that and the death Mm -hmm. of family I thought was decent to a spot. You're going to boo me on this one, (laughs) but I stayed through 33 issues of teen Titans, Scott Lobdell's entire (sighs) run for one single solitary reason that if I didn't read that book, there was no Tim Drake in the DCU. Granted, yeah. he, was, he was lobotomized and all that stuff. And there were there were a few things that I was like, okay, that kind of sounds like Tim. So the next issue will be good. Then it was, but mm-hmm. I do I do have to say the uh, new uh, run with King and Pfeiffer mm-hmm. on Teen Titans. I'm mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it, okay. enjoying that a lot better. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't even pick it up to begin with because I saw the names on it. And it was people who had no business. <laughs> no. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're not putting the the 90s X-Men people on this. It was no. like, it was them. It was, and it was like Brett Booth, I think. It was like Image. And I was like, no, yeah. I I did this 20 years ago. And I dropped those titles for a reason. Um, I was so bummed when they when they killed off that, no, they killed the titles. They, they killed those titles, the yeah. Titans, even Titans which started out terrible. That Judd Winnix. Yeah. Oh, when JT Kroll took it over though, that got, that book got better. And it, then it got, did with, it? Cause I, I didn't read it from uh, when he, he took over. I think just out of fear, like it's going to be the same. So no, I, I did. It, it got there were, I mean, it was a little clunky in places, but it was getting really interesting. Um, and he was doing what he could with what he was dealt too, because he was given. They, they turned it into that sort of Deathstroke-led villain team. Okay, and it, it had some interesting storylines. He was dealt the hand of having to have the post. Um, what the hell was that storyline? Rise and fall arsenal. Uh, okay, all right. This, you know, he was he was dealt with having to deal with Roy Harper with. Cheshire and with a heroin, the heroin relapse and everything. And he did a pretty good job at that. There were some things about it that weren't, but it was for, for something, if you find it in like a, in a cheap bin, mm-hmm. it's worth, it's worth grabbing if you can find it on a cheap. Now the teen Titans book in the last, you know, what was it 20 issues or so after, after um, they kind of had sorted a lot of things out. I thought that was getting a lot better too toward the end of its run. I thought the characters they were introducing were nice. And I, I was just, I was kind of bummed to see that go. Cause it was like, Oh, it's finally, cause I, I like Sean McKeever, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I've, and I've read that he did not have the best relationship with the editorial. Um, that like he was kind of told to tell certain stories and stuff. Yeah. Um, which kind of bummed me out too, because I was like, I was, 
enjoying his run. I'll be curious to see, you know, DC's thing now is uh, story trumps continuity. <laughs> so we'll, is it going to be one of those, like, we're going to let you tell the stories you want to tell, and we won't have to tie all 48 books together? Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm still on, uh, I think, seven or eight books still. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a weird history with comics. I may get into a little bit of that mm-hmm. uh, for discussion, but um, I've been a drummer almost my whole entire life, so... Mm-hmm. After a while, the money went towards the drum kit, and so I would come back to comics, and then I would go back, and so I have these holes. And then when the new Fifty Two hit, I was like, "Okay, this is this is the time I need to get back into my love for comics." So some yeah. worked, some didn't. But I, I had that. I I dropped um I dropped out of comics altogether for about a year and a half in the middle of Final Crisis because I was just like, I'm like what? Because it was basically like, what am I doing to myself here? And then. Kind of after starting, this is what around the time I started listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. and I just walked back into the comic store one day, and I at least grabbed Teen Titans, and got a few other ones here and there. But I'm, I'm going to see how my pull list shakes out after Convergence is over. I'm getting the main book. Um, I'm going to pick up Secret War just out of curiosity. Yeah, I just out of curiosity, just the main Secret Wars title. I'm going to buy out of curiosity. Now, if I understand right, they just killed Deadpool. Like his his universe exploded. Yeah, well. So I'm assuming that that's what that you know Secret Wars thing. Like where I I still remember the Spider Man issue where he's kind of like swinging into the uh, whatever the building was called, and he just like vanished and disappeared. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if they're going to kind of do that same type of thing where you know the Marvel universe explodes and then yeah we'll reemerge for the Secret Wars. Yeah, so. and with Convergence, I'm. You know, I I pick a, I'm picking the main title, and I think I'm getting just a handful of the mini series. Same here. Um, definitely getting the Titans ones. I want to say I'm grabbing the Booster Gold one. That looked interesting. The, yeah. the Titans one it had me just seeing Marv's name on it, so I and, thought, oh, okay, that that was a sell just with his and Nicola his, and Nicola Scott. Yes, is the artist. So it's like I'm sold on that too. Uh, disco collar fever. <laughs> Hey, Amen. That's right. Hey, Amen. It's all. It's all good. It's better. It's better than I see. I dropped Nightwing. I had Nightwing going for a while, and I dropped it before they even got to the storyline where he ends up. You know, where they would lead into Grayson. Grayson. Because I just I wasn't enjoying that book either. I was bored. I could. I like Scott Snyder, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an edict from DC, but it's like Scott's telling this Court of Owls story. Okay, everybody jump on it. So I felt like every other book was having to slam on the brakes and try and fit their thing into it. Yeah. And I'd listened to episodes of Fat Man on Batman, and mm-hmm. you could tell that uh, Kyle Higgins was a big fan of the animated series. So reading mm-hmm. that book, I was like, okay, I can see the animated series influence. And I was on the whole Nightwing run, and I thought it was. It was solid, you know. Yeah. It wasn't anything. I'm like, you've got to pick this up. But I thought, yeah, it it was pretty good. Being that it was the first real Nightwing series that I'd ever really read, unless Nightwing crossed over into, you know, Cataclysm or Man's uh-huh. Land, you know, something like that. Um, and I've since gone back and picked up some of the, of the older Nightwing run. But the, uh, the the Dixon's run on it is really good. Devin Grayson's run on it is. 
some of the better Devin Grayson stuff. Um, I think I kind of checked out around issue 100 ish or right after Nightwing year one. So I can't say, and I had, a, I was back and forth during the infinite crisis era. So I can't tell you kind of the later stuff, but I will tell you the Chuck Dixon run is really solid. If I think I've got, I've got a handful of issues that I really mm-hmm. like where I'm starting to go, you know what? I just need to jump back to issue one and, you know, work my way through. Yeah. Cause I, I love the stuff that, you know, was in the main Batman story arc. Mm-hmm. I thought if this is good fitting into here, especially with Dixon writing almost every bat title at one point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, I don't, did he ever, I don't think he ever actually wrote the main one though. I think yeah. he wrote all of, he wrote Detective, and he wrote some of the ancillary ones. Did he like, write Asriel also, or was that Denny? I want to say that was Denny. Denny wrote the miniseries. I, I see I never read Asriel, so I can't remember. Um, but I know that Dixon, Dixon wrote Catwoman at one point, too. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of, too. And Yeah, but so he... And the thing I loved about his Batman was that his Batman was not the, he wasn't the Grant Morrison Batman. He wasn't the sort of what we would see in the JLA run where he was like thinking five steps ahead every moment of the day. And he had every answer and there was like, they built up this infallibility. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's, just Batman you can you know and, and Dixon wrote it as a straight action or detective type of story and you know didn't get too much into the supernatural stuff and he didn't get too much he didn't put Batman in over his head like or, or kind of go beyond what you know we wanted what I wanted to see in a Batman story which it was him taking on a few villains and solving various crimes and stuff so that's why I enjoyed Dixon on that's why I enjoyed Dixon on Robin too oh so did I because um, you made that character human in a big way. And it, it was kind of cool that he, other than, um, uh, Bray Fogle, not Bray Fogle. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Alan Grant. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dixon really shaped the character mm-hmm. for the most part. I remember thinking I'm going to get every single Robin issue. And I have almost all of them now going to cons. Mm-hmm. I've got my phone out and go, okay, niche <laughs> issue one sixty six. I do one, that too. One seventy seven. You know, I found this cool app. Oh, I just so, use the I just use the memo thing, like you know, just the little notepad thing, and I I have a list, and every I get home and I go through it, and I just delete things from the list. But yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's nice to have be able to store your comic want list in your phone instead of like a fading piece of paper in your wallet. <laughs> yeah. I left it in my other wallet. Uh, you know? Oh, I've done that. I've left it at home. I'm like, shit. Yeah, we've been going through stuff. My wife's like, well, what do you need? I'm like, I don't remember. She's like, that's a sign you have too much. It's not complete. <laughs> oh. When when you're getting, when you're like me and you're going through the, through Mike's Amazing World and, and looking at the new Teen Titans and looking at the books where they had like a guest star or cameo appearance in, and you're like, I need to pick that up. You, you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this issue of action comics from 1982. Ooh, the new, t- new Teen Titans are in it. I should get that. Cause it's, it's part of the, no, it's not necessary. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, there was stuff that um, I don't have any of them, but the one-offs where it was like uh, Robin and Jubilee or mm-hmm. Robin and um, I'm trying to think of some of these other ones that weren't like Anos. They were these one-offs. I'm like, I got to get those. There's one with um, Argent from, yes. from the Dan Jurgens Teen Titans. I have that one. So every once in a while I go through, I'm like, no, let's go through the main series and that'll mm-hmm. 180 three issues yeah. should be <laughs> enough. And then the annuals. I'm okay. I was always funny about the annuals. Um, it's like robot Robin. I don't know if I want to read mm-hmm. robot Robin, so I won't pick it up. And then the anarchy one in Eclipso wasn't so great. I don't even think I remember the bloodlines one. The, the year one one, the, the one with, that where he retold the Dick Grayson origin yes. was f- really good. What was Beyond the one it. you read on um, your last episode? Um, where the, you read the prose story? Yeah, yeah. That was from Secret Origins issue fifty. That's right. That's and right. it was uh, Denny O'Neill wrote it. And then it was just a bunch of background images and stills done by George Perez. Wow. I've and never I, seen that. I had, I had, I didn't even know it existed. I picked up secret origins issue 50 because I found it at a 50 cent box at a con- convention. And it was just one of those books that I, it was like, this is the last issue of secret origins. It's, it's a, it's like a 48 page issue. It's a, it's wow. a big issue. And um, I was like 50 cents. Yeah, I'll grab this because I don't think it's one like the the last few issues of Suicide Squad are the same way where they're like I've been trying to get a hold of them and they're really hard to find because I don't think they're they a high print run and mm. so if you it's one of those if you pick it up get it but yeah it was it was from issue fifteen it's about four or five pages and then the rest of the issue is um I know there's one like the secret origin of Jay Garrick. Um, okay. which was done well. And there's a couple of other ones. It's, it's several stories in one. And then the other issue that's worth picking up um, because it has kind of a, a tentative, and, and I did it way back in one of the earliest episodes of mine. It's secret origins, annual three, which is the teen Titans. I remember that. Yeah. It's a very tenuous connection, or at least it's within, you can place it within certain issues of the Titans that were going on between um, year three in a lonely place of dying. So, cause you can, you can start. It was something I didn't discover this until I was talking to, I was talking to Transus Magnus, um, a couple weeks ago, last week about this, something I didn't discover until I was about maybe almost done with the first kind of phase of, of what I had done on the pod on the podcast was if you start at Batman number 408, which I think that's the first Jason Todd, yeah. that's Jason Todd boosting the tires off the Batmobile. Yep. Um, cause that's, did Robin die tonight? I think that's the story. And you go to the end of prodigal going through like 408 and then you have 416. Um, probably, you know, you've got a death in the family, like the couple of issues leading up to a death in the family, death in the family, uh, new teen Titans, number fifty, new Titans, number 55, which is, they get back from space and that's where he finds out that Jason Todd is dead. And in that issue, he confronts Bruce mm-hmm. and Bruce decks him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's necessary. It's just a, it's a couple of pages, but it's a setup for, for what was going on. Cause then you have year three, you have um, bits and pieces in various issues of the new Titans. You have team, you have the secret orange and annually, you have lonely place. You have Titan 65, 
which right. is the training issue. You and then you have um, for then you have the Tim Drake stuff. You've got Detective, you have Batman, you have the Robin miniseries, and then you get into Night. You can probably just skim some of the Titan stuff that was going on to see where Dick is. But then you got you have Nightfall and Prodigal. It's almost like one big story. Yeah, that was never meant to be that way. <laughs> I it I just always... it happened to be that way. It works really well. Yeah, and that's been the cool thing uh, setting up this. Once I figured out, you know, what I wanted to do on the the show, yeah. I started going. Okay, we'll start with Robin One. Like, well, I can't do Robin One no. without talking about Nightfall. Well, I can't talk about Nightfall. So then I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to go clear back to, you know, year three, year three. and yeah. start. And then everything just. I started, you know, going through my comics, and I'm like, it's like they're drawing a map of like this is where I go next, and this is where I go next. And I, I always wondered, like, this must have been some grand plan, but the more I've been reading about it, it seems like these are just happy little accidents that just kind of like, Oh, yeah. well, I like, I like what you did over here. Well, I'll talk about it in this book. I think part of it's that Denny was the editor. Um, so he did, he was able to kind of keep things together. I think part of it is because you go from, if you look at the, the people who shepherded Dick Grayson and Tim Drake from that point up until, you know, the mid nineties, it was Marv Wolfman, um, Alan Grant, and mm-hmm. Chuck Dixon. I mean, that's a good team of people to be writing your books. Yeah. Like Dick Grayson never really had a misstep for years because Wolfman wrote him from 1980 all the way up until about 94. And then um, once the, Denny got him back, Chuck Dixon took over and it's just like, you know, who better to go to, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So that was something. And Tim Drake was the same way. Like Wolfman introduced the character and then Alan Grant had him for those two really great storylines. That's when I started reading comics too. So I'm a little bit biased toward those, those two, his origin storyline. Same here. That, yeah. um, I re- I can remember it. I've said it, I think on my very first episode, but I remember, Clearly, we were helping my aunt move, and I was like, Dad, I want to go to 7-Eleven. Fine. That was code for I'm going to get a pop and a comic. <laughs> and I remember seeing the final issue of year three um, in the 7-Eleven spinner rack, where, and then it was the very first issue of Lonely Place of Dying. So I bought that, and the next one went back to a comic shop, filled in the other holes, and I was hooked. Yeah. And the whole entire time, I, and that was my first introduction to Nightwing. I had no idea who Nightwing was. And I'm like, yeah, you need to drop this dopey Elvis collar thing and be Robin. And then it was like, holy crap, it's this other kid. You know? Yeah. Mine was, um, my friend had loaned me a lonely place of dying because he had just started buying Batman with that. And then he, um, I was about maybe six months or so behind. It was about eight or nine months behind because um, he also had the, like it's almost like a two and a half part because Detective Six Seventeen makes no sense. No, it, it, that was my first issue though because it was the Joker return storyline, but I couldn't get fifty four fifteen four fifty one. It was sold out. Mm. But the next issue, of, uh, the next Batman comic I bought was Detective Six Eighteen, okay. which was the first part of um, Rite of, pa- Rite of Passage. Rite of Passage. Yeah, so yeah. so that was me being hooked into Tim Drake like right when it was getting getting really good and the guy at the comic store explained to me i was like 
So he was, and I had read Death in the Family, but I don't don't think I remembered it very well. And I, he, I said, so Dick Grayson isn't he? Like, no, Dick Grayson is Nightwing. You should pick up if you want to read him. Pick up the New Titans, and I picked it up. Maybe a, like that book was having shipping problems mm-hmm. at the time. And that was the Prestige book, right? Yeah, it was the Baxter book. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 68 and 69 of that title are like a royal flush gang story that he's not in. And 70 is basically a backdoor pilot for the Deathstroke series. And the next issue that featured Nightwing had him on the cover. It was 71. It was the beginning of Titan's Hunt. Okay. And it was just from there. I was like, well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't stopped. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I didn't first Titans book I ever picked up was because of, uh, Lonely Place of Dying, and mm-hmm. um, and then I was just kind of curious, so like, well, this Nightwing character is kind of cool, you know. So then I started, you know, when I had heard Robin was dead, I thought they killed off Dick Grayson. No, it's some other punk, Jason Todd. Jeez. Who the heck's Jason Todd? So I remember a buddy of mine in art class giving me the trade that had just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I read that and then begged my mom to <laughs> go get it. She's like, "You just read it. I want my own copy." <laughs> So, uh, and I was trying to go, well, how, when did all this happen? You know, one day he was, you know, on the superpowers team and I have his action figure and now he's Nightwing. When did that happen? <laughs> Jason Todd in that one 900 number. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to say anything you wanted to say about, uh, taking flight. If there were, I uh, believe it or not. No, I got some very, th- I mean, I got some very nice Facebook messages and emails from people. Um, you know, so, cause Mike had said, Mike was the only brother person who really emailed me and, and was, um, Mike and Andy did. And Mike had said, I understand why you decided, you know, but he, and he had said, I liked the fact, you know, I liked the last episode and Andy said the same thing. He also liked the fact that I used the song that he had suggested. So that was cool. <laughs> and I, I was going to ask, you know, the wide and no, I didn't want to be like open a can of worms. Really the, like the long and the short of it was that, um, okay. My original intent for the podcast back before it was on TVU was that it was only going to be a mini series. I remember you saying that. Yeah, it was, it was going to be, because, okay. So it all goes back to the fact that on my blog, I've been covering on about an occasional basis, a monthly basis or so the Titans, book from issue 71 up to the end of the original new Titan series, because that's when I started collecting. I was calling my life as a teen Titan. And every time I got to a point in that big storyline where something major happened to one of the original main seven characters, you know, cyborg, starfire, Raven, you know, yeah. I would do a post or two about kind of looking back at them in the past issues. So when I got to Raven and this whole, the end of the Titans hunt with her, you know, her death and everything, I went back and I did both Trigon storylines and posts. And when I did Starfire, I did, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. When I got to issue 114 is the one where Dick Grayson leaves the team. And I was like, well, and I'd been wanting to do a podcast. So I was like, well, why don't I do this? So I, I, so I, I mapped it out where it was originally going to be like 12 episodes. And then as I was mapping it out, I realized that wasn't, it, that wasn't going to fit everything. So I just kind of got a little bit bigger here and there. And it was going to be um, a little bit of his origin. And it was going to be, I think it was uh, the beginning of the Titans through the Judas contract, through all that stuff I was just talking about from the origin of Jason Todd 
all the way and I was going to stop at the end of Prodigal. And my last episode was going to be Nightwing number 25. Which is, um, have you read that one? Yes. yes yeah, because it's, it's just the perfect end for it all. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just like, that's a nice capper on it. And then somewhere along the line, people were like, we really, really like it. And I just kind of listened. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll make it an ongoing. So what I did was I, I finished up the the thread that I was doing. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to do a second season and a third season. And then somewhere along the line, I was just like, I, I was kind of burned out on it. Or I was just like, I was running. I, I felt like I was finding stuff to cover because I had to cover it. You know, it's like, I've got a couple of episodes and there were the last few episodes. I had done some guest things back and forth that Don was on. Stella was on. Mike was on. I think even early on, you had sent me something like, Hey, would yeah. you want to do Nightwing well, Huntress? And I was like, yeah, that's, I've never read that. That sounds great. That was my idea too. And then I just, I had kind of crapped out. So I was like, you know what? I was going to kind of, I was going to let it pod fade. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I've got other stuff that I'm doing. It's just me being me. And I'm like, I don't want to leave this just kind of hanging out there. So I decided to do one more episode to just wrap it up. So it was just kind of one of those things where I felt like, I think I'm ready to just, you know, end the series because I was you know, there were some times where I felt like I was putting an episode because I had to put an episode together. I was like, well, why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> and then I decided yeah. I'm inspired. I'm going to do the whole Robin series. Oh, you- how long i my whole goal was to, I want to start with Robin one and then just see how long I can go. But then I kept going, yeah. well, I need to do the building blocks. So yeah. doing Robin three, I'll do chunks of mm-hmm. Nightfall just to kind of truncate it a little bit. Yeah. And then bam, I'll be in there. So Yeah. I think I've my always- Yeah. I think my problem was that after I did that first set of stories where I had known exactly what I was gonna do, I didn't want to do an index show. Because I have an index show on another and there's so many index shows. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll do kind of short series and stuff. And I just I couldn't it, it was a little, it was directionless to me and I couldn't plan it out the way I wanted it to. So that was, that was one of the things that I did because with, with in country, it's going to be a hundred episodes because there's 80, there's 84 issues of, of the nom plus a three part, three stories in like a Punisher trade somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's 87. I added 13 episodes where I talk about a movie or something because I said, let's just do an even 100 and then pop culture affidavit, I'm like, it's deliberately random. I can talk about whatever I want. Yeah. And I, that, I did that on purpose. So yeah, but with this, I was just kind of like, it, it was me just kind of, you know, putting on my big boy pants and saying, I've got to cut the cord because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I think I'm done. I've, I've done what I wanted to. So it had, it actually had nothing. There was no, the, the funny thing was, is, is that I, <sighs> I was hesitant to do the final episode because I didn't want to answer the, I didn't want to get a question of what happened because nothing actually happened. I just was, <laughs> I was like, afraid I think, to ask. No, no, that's the thing. Like I was, I was half expecting a, a, an a, an email or a message from from Josh, um, especially saying, did something happen? And honestly, nothing happened. I just decided, you know what, I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just it was, and and I didn't know if that was a simple enough explanation. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you are. You just yeah, get to a point where you're like, I- I've eaten enough of this pizza and I don't have yeah. to finish it. And it's not like I never want to talk about Robin or Nightwing or anything again. In fact, I have been antagonizing Stella over Facebook for the last few days about about Dick and Corey because it's fun. And 
and you know, I'd love to be back on, on Batgirl to Oracle, especially I, after I made I tortured her with a romance <laughs> comic back in February. That was so much fun. Oh, I God. that was funny. <laughs> so <laughs> that much fun. you've had a lot of episodes that I've, I've enjoyed all your episodes, but Thanks. the one you did with Stella was. No pun intended. Was stellar. I, I just thought it was. You could just hear it in her voice where she just wanted to go. Tom, stop it! You know, <laughs> it's like she had the the first the first. That's why I opened. One of the first things she said when we got on the mic was, "What did you make me read?" And <laughs> even I was like, "What the hell is this?" I, when that when that show started, I was like, "I don't know where he's going to go with it," but. <laughs> I'm I'm in for the ride, I guess. And, and we had a couple days back and forth yeah. to work where I was yeah. like, "Okay, bring it home." We, oh, here, uh, this is why. Okay, <laughs> we we had fun doing the Betty Kane one too, um, because that's a character that just you know nobody really cares about, and and I was you know, and and she had never actually podcasted about Betty Kane before, so that was fun to do, and then just us talking about that. So, um, yeah, so it's not like I'm. I'm never going to talk about the character again or never going to do any, I tell, I might do some Titan stuff in one of my other podcasts, you know, cause there are a couple of Titan stories I did want to talk about, but, um, but for the, as for the ongoing story, I was like, you yeah, know, I can leave this where it is and then, you know, come back to it, you know, when I want to and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just look at my uh, list and go, yeah, I've just, I've decided whenever I get to a point where it's like, I'm done, I'm instantly going to fast forward all the way to the very end of the Robin series <laughs> to, uh, you know, that, that last arc, the, uh, search for a hero, mm-hmm. um, that, that I think, um, and everybody says, you know, the dark Knight returns is their Holy grail. Mine has always, and always will be lonely place of dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that answers the question. Why does Batman need a Robin? Why does yeah. Batman need a Batman? And then to piggyback with a uh, search for a hero, it's Tim going, you know what? I can do this myself, and I know Bruce is alive. Screw everybody else that doesn't believe me. I'm going out. You know. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really good. Uh, yeah. Wrap up for him where this Gotham City is his own. He knows he can take care of it, but you know what? Dick's going to do that. I'm going to go out. Yeah. So it would be uh, this portion of the show where, uh, if anybody has written into the show, I would uh, read the email. I don't seem to have an email, but I do have this. So let's go ahead and uh, run the little music. Dear friend, I like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation. I pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are, people who don't know each other's names, and met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. There is a letter from this kid uh, from New York, and it's Tom Panner. What? Do you remember writing this letter? Yes. Um, (laughs) Dear Denny and Scott, After reading Brian Carpenter's letter in Batman number 482, I did some thinking. I agree with Robin rules number one through eight. I mean, Robin hasn't been given a chance in this book. There have been too many Batman solo stories. Robin, who is the greatest thing since Garlogan, my idol, not. 
should be drawn, built up, when he should not look like a wimp. And finally, I think there should be an issue or two where Robin is not in it, but Tim is. It should focus on his personal side, the Tim Drake side of Robin. Not like you have been, but like his life in school. This is a horribly constructed sentence. (laughs) Maybe even get him a girlfriend. Anyway, just one question before I go. Whatever happened to Anarchy? Tom Pannery, Civil New York. Anarchy was last seen hauled away by Robin and Robin Annual Number One, which and everyone knows you have already read yeah. by now, which was the podcast episode right before yes. this one. I am, um, you know, it's funny. Um, I have uh, I have letters in a bunch of Titans issues, and I still have those, which I wrote with my friend Harris. Uh, where we would just repeatedly ask them to kill Donna Troy for no reason except that that was our just that was we, that was just our way of trying to get our letters pr- published. We had no ill will toward it. Was just like let's just keep requesting to kill a character. Maybe they'll print our letter. <laughs> this I knew I'd written a letter about Robin, and for years I was like it's in an issue of Detective Comics. I don't think it's an issue about. I couldn't remember because I didn't have the issue and I couldn't remember which one it was. So every once in a while I go to the comic store and I grab an issue of Detective. Um, out of the cheap bins because they weren't backed. And so I'd flip through it and I'd check the letter page. And then you sent this to me. I was like, that's the issue it was in. <laughs> so you solved the mystery. The other, the, 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 the one, the one letter that I remember um, that I had published that I didn't remember writing was in an issue of damage hmm. because DC had sent me an early galley of that. And I had written a letter back. So I did, and I was reading, I was rereading that a few weeks, a month ago. And I was like, oh, I forgot that I had a letter in this column. <laughs> no, this was kind of funny because I reread this. I want to say they cut something. I'm like, I was going to ask, that, is, is your letter intact? I want to say no. It's been 22 years. So it's been a couple. <laughs> I don't remember the letter exactly, but I do want to say it's very possible that they cut some of it out, which is fine. That's what editors do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that was just kind of funny. That, that cracked me up a little bit. I had always wanted to write a letter in. I had written a letter and I had my mom or my dad read it or, you know, my grandfather had uh-huh. read one at once. And that's, that's pretty good. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not great. It's not going to get published. And, I had showed this to my wife shortly before we recorded, and I was like, I- I've never met anybody that's ever actually had a letter printed. And I'm like, I'm going to go talk to somebody that's had a letter printed in D.C. I was like, it's a celebrity. <laughs> enough enough letter. I never won a no prize. I never won a baldy. But I did get enough letter letters printed that they sent me two comic previews that I still have. Damage really? number one. Damage number one. And um, – there was a de- issue of Deathstroke. It was like forty four or forty five, and they're just, they're essentially black and white photocopies. Okay, and I have the I still have the original cover letter from the editor too on DC letterhead. I've had it for like twenty something years, and that that was like that was the coolest thing in the world to me um, back then. My friend and I got those, so uh, so yeah, that was pretty cool. This, uh, we'll tell you what, what we'll do right now, let's get into the synopsis of the show. Okay. And then Tom and I, we will talk about uh, the things we liked, didn't like, and kind of what we thought this was going to go. Uh, so let's get into the synopsis right now. Holy hole in a donut! 
Okay, this is where I pull my uh, Kevin Smith routine and say, we're going to stop the podcast right here, folks. As uh, Kevin would do every now and then when he, he would have a guest on, he would turn it into a two-parter. Uh, that's what this is going to be right here. Uh, Tom and I had a really good conversation going on, and I found uh, while I was editing the podcast together, uh, this could be a really long podcast, or this could be uh, two uh, separate um medium-sized uh, podcast. So if you come back in a couple weeks, we will actually get into Robin 3, Cry the Huntress, and Tom and I still have quite a bit to say. Uh, this was a really good conversation, and I didn't know if I was going to do the actual uh, Cry of the Huntress first and then do this as a part two, but I thought this was a good uh, opening piece for Tom and I just to kind of riff back and forth about our history and love of comics and just uh, getting a chance to chit-chat. So hopefully you've enjoyed this, and uh, we will see you in a couple weeks for part two uh, with Tom Panneri on Robin. Everyone loves the Drake, but this episode is Robin. Everyone loves taking flight. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, 10myers at yahoo.com. And I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the batmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. <laughs>